Welcome to the Business Blast Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Wagner. This episode is brought to you by Authors Unite. Authors Unite provides you with the support you need to finish your book. Best part is, after you finish your book, they take care of the entire publishing and marketing process 100% for you. So, if you want to become a successful author, make sure to check out AuthorsUnite.com. Now, let's jump into the episode. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Business Blast podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Wagner. Today, I have a good friend of mine, Andrew Gottlieb. He is the founder of No Typical Moments. So, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me, Tyler. Of course, brother. Pumped to have you here. Um, we'll jump into the first one. The first question I have for you, Andrew, is what is the best story from your life that has an underlying valuable message? The best story? Um, I would say a, a story I like to tell around what really ingrained some personality traits in me was – uh, when I was in elementary school, uh, I grew up as a really small kid. So even if you flash forward to high school, it wasn't until uh, my junior year of high school that I was above five feet and 100 pounds. Um, so really tiny kid. So in elementary school, you can imagine how much tinier I was than everyone else. And uh, this was always interesting for me playing uh, competitive soccer growing up. And in the fifth grade, if you've ever played soccer, anyone who's listening has ever played, you know that fifth grade is when you start to go from your local community organizations to what's called uh, cup soccer, uh, which gets a lot more competitive. You have tryouts. Uh, not everyone makes it from that big jump. Maybe like 10% uh, of kids actually are good enough to play cup soccer. And I remember um, in the fifth grade, being rejected from the team I always wanted to be on called uh, the North Stars. And all of my friends made the team. I didn't. And the coach told me it was because I was too small. Uh, and so that instilled in me uh, kind of this attitude of, uh, like, don't tell me what to do. I can overcome this. And I had to work really, really hard throughout that entire winter so I could retry back out for the team. Uh, in the spring when trials were happening. It, it really focused on how can I advance other elements of my game to compensate for this huge lack of uh, height and weight that I didn't possess. Um, so I learned that I needed to become quicker than everyone else. I needed to become faster. I needed to use my intelligence. I needed to be more aggressive. And it created a more well-rounded player because of that hardship uh, I dealt with. Uh, and what was later... Um, known is that I actually had human growth hormone deficiency as a kid. So um, it wasn't just that I was a uh, late bloomer uh, and late to the puberty uh, track. It was I had a deficiency growing up where I had to uh, inject human growth hormone into myself uh, every night for about three years. Um, that wasn't diagnosed for a couple years later, uh, which is why I had that uh, growth spurt between my sophomore and junior year of high school. Wow. Okay. And how much, how, uh, like between your sophomore and junior year, like how much did you grow? Like how dramatic was it? Um, well, what was interesting is that some people shoot up like a foot in a year. 
for me, it actually just got me on like a healthy kind of two to three inches a year growth spurt. Oh, okay. So more kind of like natural. Okay. Yeah. Foot in a year, man. Woo. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so awesome, man. Thanks for sharing that with us. Um, the, the next one I have for you is, uh, what is the most valuable piece of information we should know that's within your expertise or industry? Hmm. Um, so within the domain of no typical moments, I would say our bread and butter is Facebook advertising, uh, for personal growth thought leaders and experts. So how can you leverage the power of Facebook ads to develop leads and sales for your business? Okay. And like, if you were to give, so actually we can, it can lead into the next question. So like, if, if you were to give like a piece of advice for that, like how, like, do you have any like secret sauce with Facebook ads? Like, I think a lot of our listeners want to know like how to make their Facebook ads more profitable. Some of them probably have tried Facebook ads and they, they're like convinced that they don't work. So, um, obviously you know that they do. So do you have any like tips on just like making people's Facebook ads better? Yeah, I would say there's a couple of layers to that. I would say one is that I do a lot of sales for organization and people has uh, really terrible expectations of what Facebook ads can do. Um, before the show, we're talking about how uh, organization works with Eckhart Tolle and a handful of other New York Times bestsellers. So when you're working with an organization that big, it's really easy to produce great results because they have usually hundreds of thousands of Facebook fans. They have an email list that you can retarget to. They have website traffic. Um, and we can come in and deliver pretty quickly. Uh, if you're a new brand to the marketplace that has never effectively utilized Facebook ads, uh, first you need to make sure Facebook ads is actually the right platform for you. So it could be Google, it could be LinkedIn. But say you're a consumer good, like a online course or program. Um, you need to have the expectation that this is an experiment to understand what combination of Facebook ad graphics targeting copy is actually working. And then there's a whole other part of this equation is what's your actual sales funnel look like and have people actually ever purchased with your funnel before. So one of the things that we like to see before someone comes to us is that someone has paying customers. They've launched this to maybe their internal list and they've had some sales come through. Maybe they've been leveraging affiliates and they've seen sales come through. If this is your first time doing all of this, um, you need to have the expectation that this is an experiment to see what is and is not working. And if it's not in your marketing budget, um, you need to figure out how to do this yourself or you just shouldn't be in the game is as simple as that yeah man dude that's really that's really um good advice a lot i i've not really heard it uh be said like that so you know until you have so just to kind of sum that up like until you have like a, a brand that and i don't know if you could put a number to it like you know ten thousand followers a hundred thousand followers but until you just have let's say an established brand it's pretty much an experiment is, is kind of what you're saying right uh i mean i love it when people come to us even with some of our larger clients, they launch stuff internal to make sure it's converting, even through cold traffic. Then they come to us and saying, hey, take this to the next level. I'm the marketing manager. I have 10 other things on my plate. I can't handle this. Um, so I would say if you can run this yourself and test it, then come to an agency 
Um, I think that's the most ideal thing to be doing because uh, you shouldn't be hedging your bet against the agency that they're going to make your money back in 90 days when you've never done anything online before. Um, And I think it goes as well to the small business owner. Um, You know, you're in the early stages of growing your business. Um, You're kind of the jack of all trades and you have two options. You either learn how to do this yourself. If you hire an agency, I guess three options. You learn how to do it yourself, get some results, uh, hire an agency and take the risk of spending probably at least 10,000 plus dollars. They're going to hit it out of the ballpark the first try or you just don't do it. Um, so I've become just a lot more direct with small business owners and kind of, those are the three routes you have and you just need to pick one and, be confident in that direction. Yeah, man, dude, that's an awesome answer. I like that because I think like, you know, uh, a lot of people that I personally work with, they're small business owners. And, you know, as you know, Andrew, we do a lot of books and then we help people build their business off the back end. And we do Facebook ads and sales funnels as well. But like, I think a lot of people see like these sort of results online where it's like somebody put in like 20 grand and got a hundred grand or something back. And like, and these are, you know, like that can happen, but it's, it's kind of an outlier. Like what I see more typically happening is like more like a break even if you're not, you know, maybe a big brand's different, Um, but it's more like a break even for, for a while, or maybe actually a loss uh, in the beginning. And then after that uh, time period of like three, four, maybe five months or something, and all that testing then starts to come a nice uh, ROI. Once you've tweaked the ads, the funnel, and you see what's working and what's not, but it's like, even if you break even, you still probably grew your email list by a few thousand, you know? So it's like still, that's like, that's like winning. Would you say like breaking even is kind of like winning in the game? Yeah. I mean, after 90 days, if you're launching this for the first time, if you broke even, I'd consider that a win for your business. Yeah, uh, that's, awesome. that's where those case studies can be misleading because, okay, someone spent 20 K and made a hundred, which is awesome and great job to them. But they also failed to tell you that, they had a hundred thousand person email list and (laughs) their email list and that's how they got that. Or like they get a hundred thousand unique visitors to their website per month. And all their strategy was to retargeting campaign to organic website traffic, which is amazing. And they should be bragging about that, but that's a huge difference between that and cold audience testing with Facebook ads. Got it. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, th- thanks for diving deeper in that one. Uh, the next one I have for you is if you could give, uh, your younger self one piece of advice, what would that be? How young? Um, two years old. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I, I guess, uh, that's a good question. I've never had somebody ask that back to me on the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd say like maybe at a time when you were actually, let's go like college. Like, was there any a chance? Cause you kind of told us earlier in the show, um, you know, about the, the soccer game and things of that nature, but was there a point when maybe you were going to college or you were unclear about your career and then like how no typical moments started? Was there ever a, a point with like work that you were like, maybe not like satisfied and you were struggling or something? Yeah, totally. Um, so my, I'll go back to then my night. I would have been 19. So after my sophomore year of college, 
I went to New York City and interned on Wall Street um, because I was really set that I was going to be a big shot investment banker in New York City. And if I could give that 19-year-old self advice over that summer, um, it would be find something you care about and you won't need the outlet of staying up till 5 a.m. every Friday and Saturday night in your life. Mm, got it. Um, like an example, then this past weekend, uh, I was in bed by nine o'clock on Friday and Saturday night. Uh, nice. No joke. Maybe 10 o'clock Friday night. Um, and part of that is that I had a super exhausting week and I needed to recoup so I could come out like fire on Monday morning. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if you care that much about what you're doing, you'll be more willing to use the weekends as a point of more rest and recovery and spend time with your friends and regroup versus like, I need to binge drink until five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, man, I agree. And it's, it's interesting with me. Uh, I, I'm similar to you now, like all my friends down here in Miami, they make fun of me <laughs> because, but I get up so early, like I get up at like five typically. So like, yeah. it's just, even for me, it's like a day thing. Like by the time like eight or nine o'clock at night hits, like I'm yawning pretty hard. <laughs> like I'm just, but I like the mornings better than the nights. And that was not like back in college for me, that was not the case. Like the mornings, I didn't even hold them to any sort of importance, <laughs> you know? So I watched a, a good interview this weekend with uh, Kobe Bryant. He was on the school of greatness with Lewis house. Yeah. Um, and he calls it the uh, Mamba mentality is really good. Even today, he still gets up at 4am to work out. Four is another level, man. I'm it's, trying. It's next level. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was interesting. Of um, he was talking a lot about in his playing days. Of he he would actually test his younger teammates, and he'd be like, "Oh yeah, go out and party. Like I'll come with you. I don't know if he was drinking or whatnot." And then the next morning, four a.m., he'd be knocking on their hotel door and be like, "All right, I hung out with you last night. Now it's time to hang out with me. We're hitting up the gym." And he said that kicked it out of all the young people on his team's uh, system. Like they just didn't party any longer because they knew if they did, they had to get up at 4 a.m. with Kobe and train. <laughs> Dude, that's, I'm actually going to use that with my friends now because they always want me to like come out with them. And I'm just so tired. Like I'm like, dude, yeah. I will not even be fun if I come out with you. Like, uh, trust me, like it's not a good idea. So, but I will next time. I'm going to go out with them. I'm like, then you can get up at 5 a.m. on Saturday with me, okay? <laughs> and then we'll cut that real quick. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Um, so, kind of with what your story was there, leading into this next one. So, in your opinion, uh, what is the key to happiness? Um, good question. I would say, can I give a couple? Yeah, dude, give give them all, man. And I know being with that Encinitas, like I I love getting answers from people that that live in that area because I feel like you know when I was there with you, like that it's kind of a pretty big topic there. Mm -hmm. Somewhat. Um, I would say it's a couple of things that are key to happiness. I know it sounds super cheesy, but um, being happy now, mm -hmm. uh, not delaying that happiness, 
um, I would say having a well-rounded uh, life that your happiness isn't just work. Um, when you're looking at your friendships, relationships, health and wellness, a very holistic view of how many different dimensions of my life are moving forward simultaneously. Um, but I would say uh, definitely having fun which doesn't mean like you're slacking, you're not taking stuff seriously. Like do you find enjoyment in just the mundane day-to-day stuff? Because I think I had that expectation uh, in college. And I think it was amplified by all the alcohol of like, you know, when you're drinking all the time on the weekends, it's like your life is a roller coaster like this. And I think as you start to progress, it's like you're doing the same thing almost every single day whether you like it or not, like you have a lot of joint excitement in it. Um, and can you like, just go steadily, steadily, steadily over time. And I've realized life is a lot more like steadiness, like day over day practice versus like this shot up and this shot down. It's like that happens, but it's a lot steadier progress and and finding joy and building that brick one or building that wall one brick at a time. Yeah, I agree. And, and maybe tell me if I'm wrong, but for me, I think kind of, uh, and similar to what you're saying, like I found of like blending it kind of together. Whereas, and it's, and I don't, it's not to say that like a nine to five, you can't like be happy. Like you definitely can, but it, in the way it was for me, like when it was school and, um, and I actually, to be honest, I never really did a nine to five, <laughs> but like, when if it was that way, I could just see myself like going through the motions and then the release would be the drinking or whatever on the weekend. Whereas what I've tried to create for myself and it's kind of a never ending game, which is kind of what makes it fun is like, I try to make work as fun as possible so that I don't really almost notice, excuse me, notice the difference. Like the podcast to me, I, I mean, I do the podcast, like it's free, you know, like I, I just, I yeah. like to do it. Yeah, I would do it if it, it wasn't benefiting me. Like I, I just like it. So I don't know. I think it's like building that. Like the goal shouldn't always be with business, just like how big can it grow? I think it's also like how much fun can you have? And if you can combine those two things, I think that can lead to a lot of happiness because, you know, I don't know what percentage it is, but like one third of your life is sleep. One third is work. And then I guess the other one third is whatever you want it to be more work. (laughs) So I think combining them is important. I think a lot of people separate them. Like they do, they work at what they don't like to then have money to do things they do like. And I've just tried to combine them. So that's my story on that. Um, so I'm excited for your answer on this one because I know that uh, you've read a lot of books. So what is the best book that you've read and what was the number one thing you learned from it? Uh, Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. Um, so that's how the name of No Typical Moments was created. Uh, so in the book, the mentor says to his mentee, uh, go sit in the car and don't come back and he until you can tell me what the meaning of life is. So he comes back with all these, and then eventually he says, life has no ordinary moment. Uh, and that really hit me. Uh, I was reading this in the middle of college as to, like we've been talking about how happiness 
a lot of times is found on the weekend. And how could I find happiness at, sorry, I think I'm going to sneeze. No, go ahead. No, no. <laughs> You're allowed. <laughs> and uh, it just wasn't coming. Uh, I just needed to like share it and now it's not. Back <laughs> to the serious note on that. Uh, so how can you find happiness at, you know, uh, 8 a.m. on a Monday morning? Um, and that whole thought process and my first dose into mindfulness is what eventually led to the creation of no typical moments. That is awesome. Yeah, dude, you didn't have any hesitation. Normally when I ask people that question, it, it is either actually one or the other, either like they're like right away or they are like, dude, there's no way I could pick one book. So obviously that book, like, you know, that's the business you run. So that's awesome. I did not know that that's what impacted you to, to name your company. So very cool, man. Um, yeah. So the next one is, uh, what is your favorite quote and why? Hmm. I have all these rap lyrics coming through my head right now, which aren't appropriate for this podcast. No, uh, no, you're, you're allowed to curse. <laughs> Ordinary moments. Oh, sorry, we lost you for a second there, Andrew. What, what was it? I, I think it goes back to uh, my answer to the last question, which was what's my favorite book, which is the mentee sisters mentor uh, life has no ordinary moments. Okay, and that's your favorite quote. Gotcha. And if you were actually, we won't do it. <laughs> I was going to say, if you were to share one of those raffles, <laughs> um, that's why uh, I don't want to mess up your iTunes. Um, I got gotcha. you. Rating where you have to change our episode to uh, has like the e next to it. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Um, Dude, it was awesome uh, having you on. The The last question I have for you before we let you go is where's the best place for people to find and or connect with you online? Uh, Facebook is uh, Andrew Gottlieb. I think my profile name is uh, facebook.com slash Andrew L. Gottlieb. Uh, if you want to shoot me an email, it's andrew at notypicalmoments.co, uh, not .com. Uh, and our website is notypicalmoments.com. Um, if you wanted to learn more about our agency side of things, notypicalmoments.com, uh, we have some online training we're debuting related to what we do for our clients. And you can go to the schoolforhumanity.com and you'll see a tab called training and you can click there and learn more. Awesome, brother. Thanks again for jumping on. Thank you.